Hey everyone, this is Becky Rogers, and you are listening to Not Quite Super Moms. And I am so excited for today's episode. I've been looking forward to it. Um, Erin is going to be on the phone with us. You probably know her as the Humbled Homemaker. She wrote a book that is being released in September. And today she's going to tell us all about it over the phone. And I'm very excited. I think it's going to be a blessing to you. Well, Erin, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is awesome. Well, um, our listeners probably know you as the Humbled Homemaker. And Erin um, just actually wrote a book and is releasing it in September. It's called More Than Just Making It. And I read this book. Um, I really do love to read, but I rarely have the time to read a book in one day. And I was able to read her book all the way through in one day. I I don't even mean it like, oh, I was doing it just to read it. I, I could not stop reading it. It was that good. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, tell us about, you know, your heart behind the book and, and kind of I mean, I know it because of having read it, but tell our listeners a little bit about the heart behind your book. Yeah, well, um, the book is part memoir and part practical how-to on basically how our family made it on a low income during the recession. And it's practical tips for people who are trying to make ends meet or really, regardless of income level, trying to save money and be wise um, stewards of what God has given them. But also, the memoir component is for anyone who is struggling really in any way to see how they can go from a mental and emotional um, state of, I'm just barely making it, to more than just making it. And it really chronicles my journey of being a new mom, living on a low income, and really God changing my heart through that. He exposed my pride. He humbled me, and he just completely changed my mindset in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I could definitely see myself in the heart issue of, you know, thinking us versus them, thinking, you know, surely I'm not one of the the poor, but we have definitely gone through seasons where we were. Um, I loved that almost autobiographical, biographical, I guess is the word, feel of, of the book. It wasn't just, um, you know, a financial help. It was, it was definitely the memoir, like you said. Um, but then the practical ideas were great, too. And when I when I was walking through the season that the book tells, the story of the book, um, I kept telling myself, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, you know, if we ever make it through this time, please use me to change the the ch- the shame and the stigma of the poor, yeah. because we, you know, and I still struggle with using the word poor because, like I tell in the book, our family, you know, my husband and I, we met on the mission field. We were um, short-term, like I was a missionary for a year in Costa Rica. He was there for two years. We met in 2003. And then we also had the opportunity to go on mission trips all over the world before we had kids. We went to China. We went to different places, Africa. And so we have seen true poverty. Right. But during the time we were living on a low income, we were poor for the United States. Yes. So, you know, I struggled with calling ourselves poor 
poor because I knew what true poverty looked like, but at the same time realizing that, um, you know, we didn't have money for more food at the end of the month. Right. And we were poor for the United States. So um, during that time, you know, we had to use government aid. And the first chapter, it opens up with, I am walking into the Department of Social Services to apply for food stamps. And I have this internal battle of, I am too good for this. I'm above this. Right. I shouldn't have to do this. You know, government aid is something that can be really taboo in the church. Right. And especially, I think, among Christians in the South. Yes. You you and I both, um, I think I read that you're from up north, but you live in Mississippi. Yes. And I lived in Mississippi because my husband's from there. And then um, I grew up in North Carolina. We had moved back to North Carolina at the opening of the book. And it was just something kind of ingrained in me, not necessarily from my parents, because my parents both grew up where they were, um, you know, they were both from big families and did not have any extra money. Right. Um, it was more from the culture at large, the, the, the general culture um, in the South and in the church, that you don't use government aid. Right. And if you do, you definitely don't tell anyone about right. it. So, you know, uh, the book opens where I'm walking into the Department of Social Services to apply for food stamps because we had been living on a low income for more than a year at that point. We just could not figure out how to get our heads above the water. And I had read, read a blog post from somebody who was feeding her family on a food stamps budget. And... I couldn't wait to figure all that out. Like, right. okay, if she's making it work on a food stamps budget, surely her budget must be similar to our budget, you know, right. without food stamps. So then when I looked it up, I realized that her food budget was more than double our food budget. Wow. Because the food stamps gave them so much more. So it was like, okay, if we had food stamps, we could really thrive. Like, right. We could so much better. You know, so the book opens up with me walking into the Department of Social Services and it really exposes my pride for feeling like I was above this. And, you know, it's funny when I was writing the book, you know, even reading it out loud to my husband. I know. I read a lot of it out loud to him. I said, I want you to to listen because I know I'm going to face some criticism with how vulnerable I'm being in this book. And he even said, I don't feel like your attitude was like that. And I said, but internally it was. You know, even though I I wouldn't have said I'm a prideful person. Right. That is exactly what was going through my head. And, you know, making it through that time, I learned that people who do have to use government aid, whether they do or whether they don't, whether they're just whatever their struggle financially. Everyone who's struggling financially has a story. Yes. We think we know what it is. We have all the different stereotypes. You know, maybe they were lazy or they made some really bad choices. And we did make some bad choices during our newlywed days. Right. But everyone has a story. Yes. And we can never know what that other person's story is. So the best thing we can do is err on the side of not making assumptions. Right. And giving that person grace. And being able to walk in the shoes of low-income people for several years, my my heart and my mind were completely changed about issues that um, I had grown up thinking otherwise. Right. Right. Man, I felt that with you. Like, reading that first chapter, I just... Like internally, I was like, that's exactly how I would feel. That's exactly how I would feel. And um, yeah, it was just, it was definitely a heart check for me as well. Um, I love some of your, your, just the, 
idea that only God can really satisfy. We we sometimes think that finances, um, if we just had more, you know, I think you said that in the book somewhere where it was like, if we just had more, then surely we would be satisfied. But the truth is, only, we can really only be satisfied in Him. And um, I, f- I just felt like that that heart was really, really evident through throughout your book. But I loved your practical ideas for In the Kitchen, too. Like, you had some very um, practical ideas of how you got through those days, you know, making things stretch. Mm. Well, you know, the, the, the theme of contentment is definitely something, like God taught me during that time, um, be content, you know, right. be content in plenty and be content in want and learning how to be content with a low grocery budget yeah. and learning how to make meals stretch and learning how to be a wise steward of what he had given us. And so, um, I don't know if you want me to share some of those practical things, but, um, you know, some of them are just things that are so simple, but can help you save money, like meal planning. I ended up having a whole chapter on how that can help you save money, because when, and and I'll be honest, and I think I said this in this chapter, you know, once we exited the low-income season, and we began to have uh, more money in our bank account, and we began to, um, you know, have that margin... We started eating out more right. than we had before. And so then, you know, we went from, okay, once a month at Chick-fil-A is like our big splurge right. to, oh my goodness, I'm so busy, I'm not planning, and we're eating out, you know, once a week, twice a week, sometimes three times a week. And so I was really convicted, you know, during that time and realizing that when we plan our meals out, we um, are much better stewards of the food that we have and we can make it stretch. Right. Other things are just using um, beans, you know, instead of meat. And my husband's a huge carnivore, so right. he doesn't even like beans. So I mentioned in the book what I would do a lot of the times, you know, I didn't want to make him miserable, you know, right. making beans that he doesn't like. You know, I would make a meal, and I would make him some meat, and I would make me and our kids beans. Right. And the kids love beans. I love beans. But it still was much cheaper than, say, like making beef tacos for everyone. So, um, and actually, right. anybody who pre-orders the book between now when you um, publish this and September the 12th, um, one of our pre-order bonuses is an e-book, an e-cookbook called The Everything Beans Book. And it's um, recipes, dinner, lunch, breakfast, desserts, all using beans. Awesome. And anyone that pre-orders the book will actually get that as well. That but, is awesome. um, you know, um, shopping clearance and shopping at discount stores. I actually had started shopping at Aldi even before this season of our lives, but it was such a godsend when we were barely making it because you can get stuff for so much cheaper there. And, um, I, I also have a free e-course that anybody can take anytime, whether they buy the book or not. And it's called eating well on a budget. And it takes some of those things that I learned during that season and still was able to feed our family, mostly whole real foods, um, on that really low budget that we had. And they could find that, um, at eatingwellonabudget.com. Yeah, her her website, The Humbled Homemaker, is really just a wealth of information um, for all of those things. I mean, just scrolling through, you'll you'll get lost in all of these ideas and amazing blog posts and um, e-courses. And I think you even mentioned that there's printables on there. I, I was searching and they are on there. I saw them, but I didn't print any off yet. But yes, amazing amazing wealth of information. I love Aldi too. It just is like, 
I don't know. I love, like you said in the book, they have things every single time. So my kids have come to love certain things that Aldi always has. But as a mom and always looking for new ideas, I love that Aldi also has different things there every time, you know, where we can find things that we didn't see there last time or whatever, just different um, cooking sauces. And I don't know, I always like to find whatever produce is on sale there this week or whatever. We shop every two weeks, but it's Aldi is a huge blessing to our family as well. Mm-hmm. I love Aldi. And so, it's kind of funny, but one of the things I talk about in the book is um, kisses from Jesus. And they uh, it's something that um, God really put on my heart when I was living in Costa Rica and I was homesick. And just being able to see, even when we're struggling, like those little blips of God showing you He provides and He cares, and even those small things that would be so easy to disregard. And um, when Aldi gets those special buys, like you're talking about, yes. they're like kisses from Jesus for me. And it's funny, I was talking yes. to a friend yesterday. I, I really don't like shopping. I'm not um, a like, really frou-frou girl. I don't love to like spend all day shopping. Right. But I really love going to Aldi. And there was this one day where we needed um, a white collared shirt for my husband, like a polo type shirt for family okay. pictures. This was a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, you know, like I really don't want to go somewhere else. Where am I going to be able to find like a really, you know, affordable shirt? And I went to Aldi and they had men's polo shirts on special buy that no day. No way. It was one of those random things they got and they had a white one in my husband's size. So it's was like, thank you, God. Like that... you provide and even those things that we would like so easily overlook, yeah, you know. Exactly. And so he's, God's definitely provided for us through Aldi over the years. That's amazing. That's amazing. I loved your um, point in the book where you talked about um, the coffee house church um, and just, you know, meeting people where they're at, you know, and I I, I even wrote it down um, in my notes, just the laundromat idea that people need Jesus in the laundromat too, you know, and, and how, I don't know, like, can you explain more of your heart behind that? Because that was just mm-hmm. a blessing to me. Well, and I had read about this concept in another book um, called, I think it's called The Slavery of Death. I, I cite it in my book. But just the concept of, you know, we in our generation, coffee shop churches have been really popular. Yes. And I remember in college, like I went to one and they really meet, you know, young professionals and college students where they are. But when we think about reaching the poor, how many poor people or people just struggling financially, period, can go to a coffee shop and order a $5 drink. Right. You know? And the concept is basically meeting people where they, they're at. And if you're going to reach the poor, where do the poor congregate? Right. Our family, you know, our family was blessed that we actually had a washer and dryer in the place that we were renting. Right. But a lot of people don't. Yeah. And we grew up with that. It never crosses our minds. There are people living in our country that don't have a washer and dryer. Where do they have to go every week? Yes. The laundromat. It's true. And, you know, what if we went into poor communities and met people where they congregate, places like the laundromat, and instead of, um, you know, buying them coffee, giving them some quarters to help them with their laundry, you know, and starting a church there. So, and that was just one thing I realized. I realized how much privilege I had grown up in. You know, my parents, they they weren't wealthy growing up, but my dad had... um, 
when I was growing up, my dad had a really good job. They were able to send uh, me and my brother and sister to Christian school from kindergarten through college. Right. We never went hungry. We were never in want. We had everything that we needed. Um, but they raised us also with a frugal mindset. So, you know, my mom would shop at Big Lots and, you know, places yeah. like that. But we never um, were in need. And right. realizing during this season of need that um, I had grown up so much more um, blessed than I realized. Right. And that there are people that struggle so much throughout their lives. Right, right. Yeah, right. it was, that was such a, I don't know, that was just such a, an amazing point. Um, as I was reading, just thinking about the fact that we do have so much. And until we're in that spot where we really, you know, like you said, um, not even really having the gas money to go to a play date. I have so been there. And, Mm. um, you know, and I think it's true. Like, we don't talk about it. Like, moms, we just don't talk about it. We don't talk about you know, the struggles or whatever, it's it's a shameful thing in a way. And we feel like it must be because we're lazy, but that's not always the case. And mm-hmm. um, and I really loved how you brought that out throughout the entire book. That was kind of a running theme is that um, we just can't judge by by what we see. And um, yeah, it was it was an amazing book. I really, really enjoyed reading it. And I think that um it has so much for every mom, even the mom who isn't struggling right now. Um, it, it, it has it has points and tips on how to see others and help and be able to give more, it, maybe in ways we didn't think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and when I was writing the season I was living during the story of the book, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. was when I had three kids age four and under, basically. So, well, it opens up when I have a two-year-old and an infant. Right. And beyond struggling financially, I was just really overwhelmed as a mom. Yes, And feeling like, I have no idea what I'm doing as a wife, as a mom, as a homemaker. We can't make ends meet. But just struggling with, you know, am I a good enough mom? Right. And, you know, how can I help provide for my kids? And, you know, how am I not going to screw my kids up, you know? And, uh, you know, now our oldest is nine. Our kids are now nine, almost seven, five. And then we have a baby boy who was born February 2017. He was our our wonderful surprise. And, um, you know, now we can. I can look back and see how God was working my heart and teaching me, preparing me and our whole family um, just to trust in Him and also to give testimony to His goodness and His provision. Our nine-year-old, she picks up on everything. She hears every conversation my husband and I talk. And and so like a few months ago, she said, Mommy, were we poor when I was a baby, you know, when I was little? And so I explained to her, you know, we, we struggled. Um, and then, like I told you and your, your listeners, I'm poor is subjective, and I've right. tried to explain that to her a little bit. But um, I've been able to use that and say, but look what God has done. Yes. Look how God has provided for us. And it's not something, you know, something I talk about in my book, and I think it's a chapter on redefining the American dream. Yes. We, as Americans, we give ourselves props you know we're we think I have worked hard and I have done this I'm a self-made person and you know I have um done all of this and I deserve credit 
But right. really, it's God yes. who deserves the credit. Yes. He's the one that orchestrates our entire lives. He's the one that knows that um, for some people, seasons of plenty are when he can best uh, refine their character. Right. And other people, it's seasons of want. And he puts us in the exact positions he wants us in to grow closer to him and to yes. learn how to trust him and to give testimony to his goodness to others. And so with our little girls, I've been able to say, yes, we walked through this season. But God has been so good. I also talk about um, a little bit in the book, not a whole lot, but I talk about how our marriage is really struggling during that time. Right. And um, it, it was interesting the other day with the book coming out and everything, there, there's been a lot of emotions. It's been good emotions. My, my husband, who I've seen cry maybe three times during right. our 12-year marriage, he came over from the gym one day, and he was in tears. And he just said, you know, you stuck with me. We, we stuck it out. Mm. And, um, you know, during this whole season that we were living and we were barely making ends meet, we were struggling in our marriage and you were struggling as a mom. We were struggling with, you know, living on a low income. Right. Like, you know, you stuck with me. And our little girl came in and she, the nine-year-old who thinks of everything. Right. She was like, why are you, why are you crying? <laughs> and, you know, we just said, God is just so good and we'll explain more when you're older. Right. <laughs> you know, about our, our marriage struggles. Yeah. But, um, God is just, he's been so good. And one thing I write about in the book is, you know, if you're there now, if your listeners are like, well, this is all great, but you've made it through that. Right. You're not, you know, and we all have different kind of struggles. And if they are in a position where, you know, whether it be financially or something else, they're walking through a big trial right now, my prayer is that they can read my book. They can see how God worked in our lives and they can have some hope that, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even when it's so dim, I can barely see it. Yes. Or maybe I don't see it at all. Maybe I'm just stuck in this dark tunnel of financial or emotional marriage, parenting, whatever struggles. You know, is there hope? And I want to tell them there is hope. Yes. Because when we have God, there is always hope through Jesus. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. I love that heart. And um, I definitely got that throughout the whole book. It was that heart was there the whole time. So it's amazing. I'm going to have the link um, on on the Facebook page as well as the blog um, for how to order, pre-order uh, more than just making it, as well um, as her promo video. Erin has a promo video that will be up. Um, it has already been posted at this time, but you can um, go back and watch and just see her and her family and, and just get an idea for where she's coming from. And um, there are bonuses um, that come along with the pre-order. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Absolutely. I'm really excited about these. We've had some great companies donate some things. My husband and I put together some things. So anyone that pre-orders the book between now and September 12, 2017, and that's just, you can go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, Target, and just basically order the book, and it will come to you the day it comes out, which is September 5th. Right. Those people will get over $200 worth of bonuses. If you go to morethanjustmakingit.com, you can scroll towards the bot towards the bottom of the page it will give you all the bonuses you can get and it will give you a link on how to redeem the bonuses and basically um some of the things we have i think we have about 10 bonuses but we have um I have an e-course called uh, What's for Dinner Challenge that my mentor and I put together. It's a video e-course with emails. Um, well, actually, lessons, like they go into like an e-course portal. That mm -hmm. is, that's free. 
Um, there's also a meal planning service, Eat at Home Chefs, that are giving away two free months. Um, I think it's two free months. Don't quote me. Maybe it's one month. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then uh, You Need a Budget is giving, I think, two free months of trial. Um, we also, my husband designed uh, three beautiful um, printable art prints that people can print on a cardstock and frame in their home um, with some Bible verses. And one of them is a quote from the book, um, Gratitude Stills Discontentment, to just yes. hang up in your home and remind you to be grateful and be content and um, along with that we also put together a printable gratitude journal they also will get um, the everything beans e-cookbook so it's an e-book with all bean recipes to help them you know save money on groceries by eating bean meals you know several times per week or however often they want to um, we also have new customers to thread up can get 40% off their order up to $50 off depending on your order size yeah. um there's some other budgeting tracking sheets. Now, if you're listening to this after September 12th, I'm really sad that the bonuses are gone, but we still have um, printables for anyone who um, buys the book. So anyone that buys the book, there's a special URL, um, a website that you can go to, and we give you the password in the book where you can download bonus material. You can get a budget tracker, an income tracker, and um, a study guide. <clears throat> and several other um, printable resources to help you take what you learn in the book and make it a reality in your life. So if you're listening to this anytime, you can get that from the book. Um, just download a bunch of bonus content for you. Awesome. Well, it has been such an honor to have you on the podcast today, Erin. And I can't wait for the listeners to read your book. Um, I can't wait for everyone to be talking about um, the awesome hope that they have from having read it and just your story and your heart. And um, it has been just a blessing to have you today, and we so appreciate it. Well, I am so excited to have connected with you, Becky. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Take a moment right now and go to her website, morethanjustmakingit.com, and pre-order her book. Not only will you get the book on the day it's released, it will be in your mailbox, but you can also follow the instructions to get all the freebies she talked about in this interview. Coming up this fall, I have some amazing episodes planned for you, so I hope you'll subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube, whichever way you like to listen to the podcast. Follow me on social media at Not Quite Supermoms. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to follow the blog at notquitesupermoms.com. You'll get updates and information about things that are coming up as well as podcast alerts. I hope this interview is a blessing to you. I'm praying for you. Thank you for listening today and I hope you have an awesome day.